Hello guys and welcome to the Lean With Plants podcast. I'm Chelsea, former overweight, healthy vegan, confused about why I couldn't look like my favorite plant-based influencers even though I was chugging back green smoothies every day. After a decade of unsustainable vegan diets, I learned the truth about weight loss, lost 40 pounds, and now I'm in the best shape of my life even after two kids. Girl, if you've been struggling to drop the pounds as a vegan, stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage, sick of yo-yo dieting and going hungry, never being able to get and stay lean, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I share the no BS truth about why vegan women are overweight, the action steps to get you shedding fat, and the mindset you'll need to get slim for life. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. I am beyond stoked out of my wits that this interview is with my absolute all-time plant-based hero, Michael Greger, who has helped thousands if not millions of people become healthier through his two best-selling books how not to die and how not to diet among others and i'm not interviewing him like i'm geeking out about this i'm i had such a fangirl moment it was so amazing to interview him for the podcast and he is really in my mind the key person when it comes to scientific evidence on the effectiveness of a whole foods plant-based diet to prevent and even reverse disease. He is the creator of nutritionfacts.org which I love sending people to. It's a non-profit organization which is dedicated to uh, delivering bite-sized resources on the most up-to-date scientific evidence on nutrition. Super, super amazing. And one of the things that Michael Greger always says is you don't know until you put it to the test. And I love this because he is all about what does the scientific evidence say? So it's a resource that I use and point to every single day. And he has helped countless people improve their health. And it all started with this very personal journey of his grandmother reversing her end-stage heart disease for a plant-based diet and that being a huge catalyst for him entering medicine and now helping other people with their health as well. Let's get into the interview. Michael Greger, thank you so much. <laughs> Let's do this. So I'm very excited to talk to you today, uh, Dr. Michael Greger. I'm a huge fan and I love how you are just someone who is pretty much put out the Bible on plant-based nutrition in my mind. And one of the things that I love about you is that you're almost the anti-guru where you say, don't believe me because of Michael Greger. You don't know until you put it to the test. And I love that. That's right. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. Um, as someone who's been, who must be one of the most well-read researchers in the world, I wanted to ask you some tough questions or things that have stumped me and seem to stump other people. Whip them out. Awesome. So the first one is if there's a zombie apocalypse, what are yeah. you stockpiling? What are you stockpiling and why? <laughs> um, well, you're stockpiling beans. Um, so dried beans are probably the, uh, that's your apocalypse food right there, right? So you have to have something we're talking about, you know, nutrient density per cost and per longevity. 
Um, the only thing lasting longer than beans is something like white rice, but then of course, is there's just not much nutrition there. So yeah, beans would be the way to go. You can get uh, big, you know, five gallon buckets of beans, of oats, of, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, where are you going to fit your, get your caloric needs in for the day? And that's right. how we're going to do it. You've got those caloric needs and then you've also got the highly, most highly nutritious food that you can fit into that package. Whip it out. I'm all excited. Yeah. I love it. Do you have a weapon of choice in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, um, weapon of choice. I will club them with broccoli. <laughs> well, I, if you had some canned beans in there, you could throw those. Oh, yeah. Well, but I don't want to lose my beans, though. That's the, <laughs> you know. Okay, cool. Let's get into something a little bit more serious. Um, I really want to talk to you about low-fat diets and a little bit about de novo lipogenesis because you talk a lot in your book, uh, How Not to Diet, about how a low-fat diet is shown to be the best for weight loss. Um, and one of the things that you say in that in reference to a study which looked at people who had like a buffet-style eating, they could eat as much as they want, they lost more weight on the low-fat buffet. And you, I'll quote, it's not the fat per se, but rather the consumption of calories rather than the subsequent increase in calories per, rather the subsequent increase in calories per mouthful, because fat can sneak a lot of calories into a relatively small space. I'm, I'm a little bit confused about this topic. And a lot of people that I talk to are because there's a lot of plant-based, uh, like advocates and doctors who say you, that de novo lipogenesis is, is something that it really occurs you have to eat huge excess of calories from carbohydrates to even have like a small amount of weight gain. What is your take on this? Can you explain what happens from eating excess calories from carbohydrates? Oh, well, so it's true that uh, de novo lipogenesis or so uh, only occurs in the context of excess calorie consumption. But guess what? We have an obesity epidemic. Excess calorie consumption is kind of like what everybody eats, right? Yeah. I mean, so uh, everyone's eating it. So unless you're an ideal, have an ideal weight, you are eating excess calories every day. Um, and so, um, you know, you drink uh, drink a few liters of Coke, and you're um, uh, every day for two weeks, and you'll. And uh, you'll hear, oh, you only get a few grams of fat mm. made um, on your body. But guess where that fat is? It's not just random fat. It is the worst kind of fat. It's actually in your liver. So right. those few grams of fat form in your liver and actually impair your liver's ability to respond to insulin. It does all sorts of knock-on bad effects. Not a good idea. Don't drink Coke. This does not happen, however, if you drink, you know, 20 servings of fruit every day, which is the equivalent of drinking a few um, liters of Coke in terms of fructose. Um, uh, but, so we're talking about added sugars, um, industrial sugars, you know, uh, high fructose corn syrup or sucrose, table sugar. Um, we should stay away from them. Uh, you know, the, the snack well cookies are, uh, are not the way to go. Right. So do you think that people can gain weight from having things like too many potatoes or too much fruit, excess calories from whole food carbohydrates? You can do it. 
It's not it's easy. You not know how easy. many potatoes you'd have to eat to gain weight? I mean, that's, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can do it. You put your mind to it. Yeah. Like a few, I don't know if you've kind of heard this 30, but I'm sure you have 30 bananas a day thing. Like this is how I came into veganism was okay. through like the raw movement and being told to eat like excess of 300 calories intentionally from fruits and potatoes and great well i'm all down for fruits <laughs> uh, and eat sweet potatoes even healthier do you think that most people will be able to lose weight with like eating three thousand calories a day wait uh, do you oh i think you said 300 calories of fruit. <laughs> three thousand eating three thousand calories of fruit a day that's ridiculous it's a lot isn't it what do you mean? Of course it's a lot. Jesus. I mean, unless you're like a mountaineer or an army ranger or something where you're expending that much. But if you're not climbing a mountain, 3000 calories is an excess caloric load. Mm. So do you think that you can uh, lose weight? I mean, from you would eating? just where I mean, you would just push everything else out of your diet. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, so obviously you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, which there's still people on the internet, which don't believe that to be true. Uh, can you lose weight? Can you get into a calorie deficit from eating a lot of carbohydrates? Or could you put a number or a range on how many calories that would be for most people? So, I mean, it's true that, I mean, so there was, uh, I mean, it's very hard to, uh, uh, so there was that amazing Vermont prisoner study, right? Where they uh, tried to get people to gain weight. Usually a lot of studies where, you know, put, have people lose weight. This is one of the rare studies I actually wanted to uh, to understand better weight gain. And so they had people eat massive amounts of food so much that, you know, they were like vomiting it up. But this was not exactly a voluntary experiment. They never do this experiment today. They force people to eat so much food. And so if you um, fed them um, fatty foods, um, I forget, I forget uh, the exact numbers here, but this is... Uh, uh, and you'd have to go to the video or look at that chapter, but it was like to gain, you know, 25 pounds. It was like 300,000 calories mm. of uh, low fat food or only a hundred thousand calories of, of fatty foods. So it was much easier to get them to, to gain that weight, but you can still get them to get them to gain weight. Yeah. So it definitely is possible to gain weight with from excess carbohydrates. You sit down, eat a couple bowls of sugar a day and you'll see it creep up. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what do you think of the phrase, the fat you eat is the fat you wear? Oh, it's true. I mean, so, I mean, if you, you know, do a, you know, uh, I mean, if you, you stick a needle in someone's butt and you pull out a, a, a lipid sample, if you've been eating lots of, you know, avocados, it'll have one kind of fatty profile. If you've eaten a lot of saturated fat, it'll have a different fatty profile. Wow. That's, can you talk about that a little bit more? That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, they, they, I mean, uh, fat is, is a, uh, just like the term fiber. People think fiber is one thing. No, it's thousands of things. It's any kind of plant polysaccharide that's not digestible. So there's, you know, lignin is one fiber and there's like, you know, cellulose. And then there's I mean, like thousands of different, maybe not thousands, hundreds of different types of fiber. And same thing with fats. You think of fat is fat, but no. So fat's made of fatty acids. 
And uh, so there are saturated fatty acids, unsaturated fatty acids, even within saturated fatty acids, there's palmitic acid, there's uh, myristic acid, there's, you know, um, lauric acid. These are all saturated fatty acids um, and they all have different uh, physiological effects. And so we talk very broadly about saturated fats, uh, polyunsaturated fats, monounsaturated fats, even more broadly about fats in general. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, um, they have different physiological effects. And if you eat a bunch of one fat, the, 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 the body can just sock away those, um, uh, those fatty acids for future storage. Like if you have sufficient calories for the day and then you chug some olive oil, it's going to stick those monounsaturated fats in your, you know, in your thighs. Mm. So obviously a low fat diet is, is definitely wins in terms of. Sure. That's so one, that's one of the many factors for uh, optimal weight loss diet is a diet that's low in fat, but also a diet that's low in, in added sugar as well. That's another criteria. Cool. Uh, so when it comes to like the amount of fat that you eat in your diet, I hear a lot of people say to me that they're, they're scared to eat any overt fats at all. They're scared to have avocado while they're losing weight or that was nuts on seeds. What would you say to those people who really fear having overt it's fats? It's the source. It's not, it's not more important than the quantity is the source. So you get, you get your fat from the same place you get your protein from the same place you get your carbohydrates from whole plant foods. Mm. So, uh, so as long as you're getting your fat from an avocado, great. Nuts and seeds, great. Um, uh, get your sugar from fruit, great. Right? Get your starch from sweet potatoes, great. Um, but uh, you know, but we don't want people to just be, you know, uh, eating you know teaspoons of sugar oil or cornstarch. That's not the way. That's mm. not the way it works. From a fat loss perspective. I know this is a huge topic, but what would be the main difference between whole food fat sources versus like processed fat sources in terms of like a calorie deficit and how that influences weight loss? Oh, well, so um, all sorts of uh, facets. So for example, uh, caloric density, mm. um, nothing is more calorically dense than oil, about 120 calories per tablespoon. That's higher than, there's more calories in oil than in butter or in anything really, because just, you know, pure fat. Uh, nine calories per gram. Um, and uh, from a fiber perspective, so fiber, so if you on a high fat diaper, high fat, uh, excuse me, high fiber intake, and you chug some, chug some corn oil or something, you actually absorb fewer calories of corn oil than right. if you're on a low fat diet. And so the fact that all whole plant foods come prepackaged with fiber um, is a benefit. There's also polyphenols that actually, um, uh, uh, can uh, interfere with the digestion of, of uh, sugars, for example, slow the sugar absorption. That's why, you know, fruit sugars are better than, you know, the sugar in fruit is different than just, you know, sugar and some corn syrup or something. Um, thylakoids in dark green leafy vegetables can actually interfere with fat absorption. Um, uh, so we should eat whole plant foods not worry about your macronutrients, worry about the sources. Am I, what percentage of my diet is whole plant foods. Mm, and what percentage of my diet is everything else? And that's processed food, that's meat, dairy, eggs, that's alcohol, whatever else. So what percentage, right? Is it 90%? Is it 99%? Is it 100%? Um, is it 50%? So, I mean, the, the, 
that's really the most important percentage of your diet, whole plant foods. Mm. And now you get now, you know, you could argue, is it worse to have that 20% some ultra processed crap or meat or whatever? That's less important. Mm. Percentage of your diet that's whole plant foods. Aim for a hundred. That's so fascinating because people have a real preoccupation with macros. It's and- crazy. Well, I mean, it it, I mean it's, it's just nutty. People, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, there's uh, extraordinary longevity, like these blue zones, right? Mm-hmm. Okinawa Japanese, 9% fat, right? I mean, that's remarkably, extremely low fat, right? <laughs> um, or actually normal fat intake for the human species, but still extremely low fat in the current environment, right? Versus... Uh, these uh, the two Mediterranean blue zones, um, uh, which eat extremely high fat diets and have extraordinary health and longevity as well. But what do they have in common? They're eating diets centered around whole plant foods. Hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, all right, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about hormones. Um, I'm sure you get these kind of questions a lot. I, I obviously talk to a lot of women who are they're already vegan, they're struggling to lose weight. And the term that I hear most is I can't lose weight because of my hormones. It's kind of like this catch-all phrase for why it's difficult to lose weight. What hormones have the biggest effect on weight loss or weight maintenance? Uh, I mean, so it's not the, I mean, yeah, I mean, so the thyroid function can affect. So um, if you have a hyperthyroid, um, overactive thyroid gland, um, you can uh, have unexpected weight loss or unintentional weight loss. And if you have hypothyroid as an underactive thyroid gland, you can gain weight easier than other people. But that's really the only major. And I talk a little about cortisol, the stress hormone, how that, um, uh, you know, uh, adds specifically to uh, abdominal fat, the visceral fat, the worst kind of fat. Um, but, uh, but what, I mean, someone... But, uh, you know, when women, for example, uh, after menopause, talk about their hormones and weight, that's really doesn't make uh, doesn't make much sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make I sense. I mean, in terms of like the sex steroids, like the, the lack of, uh, of uh, you know, the relative lack of estrogen, that, that, right. doesn't, that doesn't change the laws of thermodynamics. Right, right. Which for if someone's listening, this, that's calories in, calories out, isn't it? It's energy balance. So... How much of an effect, these things that you've mentioned, like a hyperactive thyroid or hypoactive thyroid, a lot of people talk about uh, PCOS, um, things like that as well. How much of an effect do those have on weight loss if you, do, if you have a genuine issue with your hormones? Well, I mean, if you have a genuine issue, you need to have them treated. I mean, mm. that's right. And so then you're back to square. I mean, then you're back to regular, right? If you have, um, so if you have a underactive thyroid gland, um, and you're putting on a lot of weight. You just need thyroid hormone replacement therapy. Just bring your thyroid levels back up to where they're supposed to be. Right. Um, and I mean, that's that's how it should, I mean, you know, so you treat the cause. Right. And so that would be those two hormone issues to do with the thyroid. Under- I mean, those, are the, those are the primary. Right. So for the other things, like in terms of things like menopause or PCOS, could you put like a calorie number or a percentage on how much, if at all, they would affect uh, calories in, calories out? Uh, that's the, the, 
uh, not enough to uh, to to be able to be used as an excuse. Not enough to quantify. Well, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it's been quantified, but right. I mean, it's not a major factor. Right. Yeah, I, I looked into this and I couldn't find anywhere that could give me kind of any information because my my point of view would always be control the things that you can, which is your calorie intake. That's a hundred percent of your, you know, within your control. Yeah. It's a. It seems to be a huge block, though. Maybe particularly for women. Where well, yeah, no, no. Well, people want an excuse. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, we have a hundred percent control over our weight. I mean, people uh, people come to me all the time and say, "Look, I, you know, I just don't lose weight like other people." Mm. Um, I mean, but you know, I, I lock you in a closet, you'll lose weight. I mean, it's just period. And in <laughs> fact, you lose weight at the exact same rate. Um, uh, now some people have this really interesting phenomenon where they retain water. And so if you actually, uh, lock them in the closet, they can maintain their weight five, six, even seven days. Um, but they're actually losing the exact amount of body fat that anyone would be losing, but they're just retaining water. And as soon as the water comes off, bam, they go exactly down to the, to the level on the curve where they should be. I mean, you just can't, just can't get around it. Um, so we're all, so even if, so yes, you, you may not lose weight on the scale, Mm. um, like other people, but you're losing what you care about, which is body fat. Um, Mm. like everybody else is losing body fat. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, I've done a whole podcast episode of this, so I have lots of thoughts, but set point theory, because a lot of people think that they are defending like their, you know, their ideal weight. And so that's why they can't lose more. Well, if they're at their ideal weight, they should, they shouldn't be yeah, losing yeah. anymore. But ideal weight is between a BMI of twenty to twenty two, yeah. right? With a waist circumference under half their height. If you're not there, then you got more weight to lose. Mm. I mean, people just stall out at areas, but that's because they're you know, if you stall out at a higher weight, you're eating too many calories. Right. Okay. Cool. So, what would you say to someone who? was saying like, I'm struggling with hormonal issues, or I think I'm struggling with that. And I think it's affecting my weight loss. What would be your advice to them to focus on to help them see results regardless? Oh, well, I mean, I give them the book, How Not to Die. I wrote that entire book for them, right? Um, I mean, if you think you're eating a healthy diet and still not losing weight, well, then it's the second half. The first half of the book is here's the healthy diet. Right. You say, I already, I already did that. Okay, check. Okay, what's that? Then the second half of the book, the 21 tweaks. All right. Well, you're already eating a healthy diet. How do you want to lose more weight? Here's 21 ways to do it. Right. And it's all in the app as well. Dr. De- Gregor's Daily does. You switch over to weight loss mode. There's the 21 tweaks. Uh, see how many you can hit every day. Mm. Focus on what you can control. Focus on the diet. Yeah. I, love, I love that. And we've kind of segued into something else I want to talk about. And that is body fat or BMI and where you end up. So you've already touched on it. The science says that the optimal BMI is between 20 and 22. That's the healthiest. What I've noticed is there are a lot of women who they, they seem to be doing everything right. They're eating a whole foods plant-based diet. It's low in calorie density, low in fat. They're eating a lot of vegetables. And even on that low fat, like optimal diet, they still seem to settle at a, a higher body fat percentage or a higher BMI. Like even for myself, I, I, I do like to have a, a little bit of processed food in my life, but I'm at about 20.8 uh, as a BMI. 
and most people would consider me very lean. What do you have? What do you think about the fact that some people seem to settle at that slightly higher body fat, like maybe twenty five percent? Yeah, well, they they like a little more processed food than you do. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I get that all the time. Patients coming to me and say, "Look, I do everything right. I'm not losing weight." And I'd say, I mean, I don't say, but I'm thinking you're lying. I mean, maybe you're lying to yourself. Right. I mean, that's completely possible. And you really think that you're doing well, but it's just not. Um, and we can prove it by doing these metabolic ward studies where you, we literally lock you up and we feed you this diet and you'll lose weight. Everybody will lose weight. There's no, I mean, you're not defying the laws of physics. Right. So you don't think that, or do you think that uh, people can settle at like a higher body fat percentage and that be healthy? They, they're only settling at the higher body fat percentage because they're settling at a diet of excess calorie intake. Right. Okay. What do you think they should do? <laughs> they should eat fewer calories. <laughs> but how do you do that? You get rid of the least nutri nutritious calories first. You get rid of processed foods. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, and you eat more healthy foods. That, what else? And then you got 21 tweaks to deal with. It's mm. not just what you eat, but how and when. I mean, there's all sorts of, that's why I wrote the book. Mm. What how else do you need? <laughs> yeah, everyone needs to read the books. They're, they're amazing. I love them. Um, okay, so what do you think is the number one priority then for someone who's already eating a plant-based diet? They're already doing most of those things. Um, what's the single biggest needle mover for those people? Oh, well, typically it's, uh, it's the processed food. I mean, they're just, I mean, there's too much really delicious stuff out there, right? There's like vegan everything now. You're vegan marshmallows, vegan ice cream, vegan yogurt, and vegan whatever. These are processed foods. These are unhealthy for us. And so they're like, you know, they're eating some vegan pizza and thinking them, that they're doing themselves a favor. And they certainly are compared to regular pizza. But that's the way you think there was pizza out on the savannah. I mean, these are <laughs> unnatural foods and our butt. And that's why we like them. Mm. Oh, my God. These are super normal stimuli. These are concentrated sources of calories that our bodies, you know, it's like cocaine. They've, they've taken coca leaf, concentrated out the addictive quality, and we and our brain just goes crazy. Same thing when we concentrate out calories as sugar or fat or anything, our brain just goes crazy. Mm. Um, and so, of course, we're going to be eating these foods. And so you just can't, it's not a matter of willpower. It's just don't have them in the house. Don't have them anywhere near you. Mm. That's how you do it. You have a clean environment, mm. right? Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of James Clear from Atom who wrote Atomic Habits, and he talks about that a lot. Environment oh, good. is the oh good again. Yeah, no, environment's the, the hidden hand that shapes. I mean, you. right? So for for I mean for a few days, I mean anyone can white knuckle it, right? But you know, you just alcoholics don't have alcohol in the house. That's how you do it. And, right. and, you know, we shouldn't have crap in the house. You get hungry enough, you're going to eat an apple because that's the best you got. Okay, eat the, you know. But if you have apple and you have cookies, you know, on day one and two, you're eating that apple. But day three, you had a bad day. You have an excuse, whatever. You're eating some cookies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> I try to not keep any of it in the house for that very that's reason. That's the way you do it. Uh, I yeah, I'd be eating cookies if I had cookies in the house. I don't got cookies. So I mean sweet potatoes. I have to know, do you have any processed food in your diet? 
Uh, oh, yeah, hot sauce. Yeah. Hot sauce, like sriracha? Yeah. Um, sriracha, although I, I try to do, uh, you know, low sodium. So Tabasco, the original flavor of Tabasco is actually really quite low sodium. You can get really, really hot, hot, hot sauces. So just a little bit will do. Or what I realized, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. You can get powdered chili, one ingredient, just chili, oh, like yeah. chipotle powder. It's just chipotle. And so why get chipotle hot sauce where they take it, just mix it with like some vinegar and some salt or something. Why not just use the actual, so you can get ancho chili powder, um, chipotle chili powder, any kind of chili powder you want, Thai chili powder, and you just sprinkle it on. And you know, I've been going to Thai restaurants forever and they have the little dish with a, with a, a Thai dried chili powder. I don't know why I didn't think about that. So the <laughs> next cookbook, I'm definitely gonna like make up a whole bunch of hot sauces with that. And so that's great. And it has all the flavor I want in my hot sauce, zero salt, mm. not low salt, zero salt. So I may be off my hot sauce kick too soon. So then there'll really be nothing. Um, although actually I do have uh, ketchup. It's no salt ketchup. Mm. But it's uh, it's still got some sugary something in there. Well, do you eat? Do you ever eat processed foods or go out to eat at restaurants? Oh well, I, I mean, when I'm on the road, then I'm I'm screwed, you know, and I'm <laughs> eating whatever I can get. But uh, yeah, no, I don't really, I don't really go out to go out to eat. Certainly, pandemic-wise, haven't been out for a long time. Mm, yeah, you pick your battles. eh? obviously, health is the most important thing to you. So I've got a question in regards to this as well. So people that want to have like a little bit more processed food or a little bit more uh, freedom in terms of what they eat, do you think that the benefit of that is worth the cost of being a little bit higher in terms of your BMI? Well, I mean, it's for every each, for each person to make their own decision, right? It's your body, your choice. You want to go smoke cigarettes or bungee jump or do whatever you want. And if you say, yeah, my, you know, I, I the pleasure I derive from this pack of cigarettes outweighs all the horrific things that are going to happen to me. That's up to you. What am I? Who am I to say? But, uh, you know, uh, but I think in general, you know, it doesn't matter what you eat on your birthday, holiday, special occasions, the day-to-day stuff that adds up on a day-to-day basis, we really should try to eat healthy. Mm. So if you're going to do that, uh, you know, if the only way you're going to eat healthy is, you know, having a so-called cheat day, it's not a cheat day if you plan on it, right? If like, okay, every two weeks, I'm going to eat whatever I want. It's not a cheat day. That's part of the program. All right. And I think your body would have a remarkable capacity to bounce back from any damage, unless you're you know, you already have some serious chronic disease. Mm. Is there a huge difference between someone who is, say, a BMI of 21 versus someone who's a BMI of 24? What's the difference in terms of a health implication there? Um, yeah, so, you know, there's, uh, so even though both of those are, um, quote unquote, normal weight, um, which is basically defined like 18 to 25, um, there are higher rates of hypertension and diabetes and all the things associated with overweight at the higher ranges of normal weight. Um, and so that's why, you know, we should, uh, you know, uh, try to get down to those, uh, healthier weights. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a continuum. It's not like all of a sudden a, a BMI of 25, all these diseases pop up. I mean, it's just, you know, kind of a, you know, straight line increase. Like a spectrum there yeah yeah okay is there is there any myths or information that you come across online particularly in the plant-based community 
that you think need to die or you think that people are being oh my god all all the time (laughs) i mean the most dangerous one is people don't need to take b12 right i mean that's there are people out there say oh b12 is a hoax or whatever you don't have to take it i didn't take it i'm fine blah 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 you know you can kill people with that kind of um ridiculousness and so yeah that's probably the absolute worst that's actually going to get people in dire straits wow um but uh i mean i don't know that's the that's the one that comes to mind there's there was actually a publication um a magazine a plant-based magazine something and had fitness in the title um where you know they had some article saying don't worry about b12 and i contacted the editors and was like what are you talking i mean you know you're gonna hurt people and they were they were just you know nuts i mean they were like they thought it was all some like meat industry propaganda that we need b12 and yeah and i was just like you are gonna hurt people yeah you must see a lot of information that you just think this is scary and you've addressed you know, yeah i mean this is well i mean look at the look at where we are now with covid i mean so i mean i've been dealing with misinformation forever mm. right in the nutrition space but now it's like now everybody's dealing with it. It's like people have their own sets of facts. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, crazy. And everyone, you know, claims science is in their corner. But no, there's one body of data. And half of the people are just misrepresenting it. Mm. Have you seen some of the nutritional information on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Uh, um, I actually, I think we do actually have a, have an account. But it's, uh, but I don't, uh, I don't get You don't I, dance and point at. I, I'm not dancing. Not I mean, yet. I walk. That's my... <laughs> I'm actually going to get a treadmill um, for my desk. Oh, sweet. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. So just one more question. And right. um, this one, like you actually, you don't have to answer this. I can edit it out if you don't want to answer it. Yeah. Um, we a only lot of people... have about 30 seconds. Great. A lot of people have been asking me about the COVID vaccination. Yeah, get it, do it. Get it. You, you get think it, it, do it. Great. And anyone who doesn't get it is not only on the wrong side of history; they're on the wrong side of the present. We <laughs> have tons of data over the last year. Tons of data. There's like a new article in New England Journal every week, practically, um, with 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 over the moon beyond our wildest dreams, efficacy and safety. If you're not taking it then evidence means nothing to you. I, I love that you are all about evidence-based uh, decision-making. So thank you so much, Michael Greger. It has been an absolute privilege. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so, so Happy much. Happy to can help you, out. Keep up the good work. Can you just let people know where they can find you? You can go to nutritionfacts.org. Cool. Thank you. See you. That was amazing. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. What a privilege to have Michael Greger on the podcast. Absolute, absolute legend. And if you want to know um, more about that, you can have a look in the links in the description for nutritionfacts.org, which is a fantastic resource. And I highly, highly recommend both of his books, How Not to Die and How Not to Diet, which, like I said, are the Bibles on evidence-based nutrition. All right, I will see you next week for another episode. Have a good one.